Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Called Refreshed and Ready, and we've spoken about refreshed for purpose and cause, and refreshed for community and connect. Let's go back to the Scripture we started on, Acts 3 verse 19. It says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins might be wiped away, then times of refreshment. We said on the very first session that this refreshing is not someone sitting by the pool having a vacation. The word there actually means somebody who's been working hard, who's been tired because of the job and the role they have. And God says, I'm going to refresh you. And uh, they're going to come from the presence of the Lord. That's why church matters so much when we gather together. There's something supernatural that's in the place that will refresh your life. And He will again send you, Jesus, your appointed Messiah. I want to go on to verse 21. For He must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through His holy prophets. Restoration means something that was lost is going to be brought back It means something that's been stopped is going to grow again. And so I want to take this time with you this morning or whatever time zone it is that you're in. I want to speak to you about the second half of our church's mission statement. It's so simple. It's so succinct. It's very brief. It's simply six words. Win the lost, grow the saved. Only six words for you to remember. What's the heartbeat of this church It's to win the lost and to grow the saved. It's not either or. We're not a church that's just about growing people. And so we don't just speak about discipleship as though everyone's a believer who's a part of it. But neither are we just an evangelistic center that's all about lost people and those basics. We want to be a church that does both of those. And a big chunk of it is that God wants you to grow. And the Holy Spirit is never prevented. Know this, the Holy Spirit is never prevented by any circumstance or by any season. I remember a prophet we had come. I never even knew this was in the Bible. Way back, I'm only a young Christian, a young leader, but it stuck in my mind where this Yorkshireman prophet declared this. He says, as the Scripture says, no man can stay the hand of the Lord or say unto him, what doest thou? It's out of Daniel chapter 4 and verse 35. And that has stayed in my heart that the will of God for your life cannot be stopped. Now you cannot engage with it, but there is not a power on earth or a power in the heavenly realms. There is no devil. There is no opposition. There is no criticism. There is no timing or season that can stop the will of God being done. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Lord, let your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So I believe with all of my heart that no matter what the season we are in right now, I'm not looking at what the papers say. I'm not looking at what the politicians say. But when I look into what the Word of God has to say, it tells me that God is still moving by His Spirit. It tells me that God hasn't stopped. It tells me that God has no pause button for your life or mine. That destiny is destiny. That calling is calling. 
that Jesus is Lord of all and that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing over the earth in ways that we have yet to, to realise God is moving by His Spirit in such an incredible way. And so I believe that God is restoring. I believe that God is gathering back the scattered. Even right now, God is bringing back into His fold people that for whatever reason, maybe they got tired, maybe they got sick, maybe their job took them somewhere or other else. I meet people almost every week of my life who for some reason or other like the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, have wandered away from their calling and their destiny. And yet Jesus goes and finds them and brings them back. A couple of weeks ago, I, at the end of the service, had a word of knowledge as I was praying about somebody uh, who was saying, life's not worth living. I'm at the end, I'm ready to check out. And I said, I want you to know that it's not. I want you to know that God's plan for your life is still there. And on Good Friday night service, someone came up to me at the end of the service and said, can I talk to you? And I said, of course. And we chatted for a little while. And she told me about how as a young child, she'd given her life to Christ. Then she said, you know, I wandered so far away from God and now I'm so lost. Well, that girl said, because I said, well, how did you find us? She said, I was online last week. That was the week when God had given me a word of knowledge. But you know, the word of knowledge is not what I want. It's what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Holy Spirit was using me in that moment as He'll use you in your moments. But He was using me to, to reach out to that person whose name I never knew. And Jesus was saying to them, I'm still here for you. I'm still with you. Your destiny is still on track. I'm ready to pick up and run with you. So we prayed together and she recommitted her life to Christ. And thank God then for the people that are in this church that just surrounded her and began to help her and, and befriend her. I believe that God is gathering the scattered. He's bringing back sheep that have strayed. I believe that we are getting stronger, not weaker. And so for us, win the lost, grow the saved is not a slogan. It never got dreamt up by a marketing department. I don't believe it came from anywhere but straight out of heaven. Because I believe that if you want to boil the gospel down to its absolute essence, it will end up saying something like those six words. Because Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, follow me and I'll transform your life, transformed by the power of God. It's God's divine intention. It's His plan and it's His action. But you know, we often, because this is our world, we often, like Instagram, I'm on Instagram. But you know, I remember talking to a pastor in this city one day and I said, men, the way I, I'm, you're crushing it, man. You're just, your church is just kicking it out of the park. He said, why do you say that? I said, well, I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing what you're doing. He goes, well, he said, brother, that's just the highlights. He said, the lowlights aren't there. And I understand that every single one of us, we could show the highlights of our life and people would think that we've got a life that's beautiful and simple and easy when the reality is that every one of us will have a battle. Every one of us will have something that we're facing and that we need to, listen to me, we need to grow through. Let me take you quickly to Mark's Gospel, chapter four, 
just a few verses here because they tell you something about growth that you need to know or else you won't grow. Mark 4 verse 26 says this, and He, that's Jesus said, the Kingdom of God. When you read that, it means that God is telling you this is the way it works in my Kingdom. The Kingdom of God is, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He Himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grown in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately He puts in the sickle, the scythe, because the harvest has come. Three quick things you need to know about growth. Number one, you don't have to understand it all for it to work. Listen to me, because so many people think growth can't happen until I know or until I understand. But growth can happen in your life even if you are confused. Growth can happen in your life even if you're uncertain. Growth can happen in your life even if there are things right now. Listen to me because somebody here listening to me this morning, you have stopped in your life because something happened that has so derailed you and you go, I can't move on until I can make sense of what happened back there. But I'm here to tell you today, you'll never uh, grow by stopping and waiting for that. You need to say to God, God, I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow through this thing. Somewhere along the way, it'll make sense to me, perhaps. Somewhere along the way. But God, even if you never do, I intend to grow. Here's the second thing that you need to understand about growth is you have to start. You've got to start somewhere. The Scripture says there in Mark 4, that the farmer sowed the seed. I come from farming country. I've never seen harvest in my life out of a bare paddock that no one did anything to. I've seen lots of weeds. I've seen lots of things sprout up that the farmer never wanted. But I've never seen a harvest of a crop come without somebody first taking some initiative and saying, I'm going to start. Verse 26, he scatters seed. Here's the third thing you need to know, is that all growth is a process, not a big moment. All growth is a process. Put up on the screen for me if you can, the photo. Uh, have we got that there? There it is. That is the photo of part of the door jam of one of the bedrooms of our house. When we built the house 20 something years ago, when we build it, don't ask me, well, I don't, I don't even know why I did. I just did. But the kids loved being measured. And so you can see down the bottom there, that says grandma. And you'll notice there's no further ones of grandma. <laughs> Evie, that's her granddaughter. Well, she's already taller than grandma. And uh, there's Rebecca. Well, Evie's now taller than her. And then there's Kiefer Candace going all the way up, uh, way past. Sorry, Grandma. Uh, and every one of our children is on that and every one of the grandkids is on it. Uh, uh, but, well, apart from the one that's about to be born. That one's not there yet, of course. But uh, last Christmas before, I actually had Perspex copies of that made. I went and paid to get them done and I gave every one of our three children and their families, I gave them copies of that with all the names written on and the measurements and all the dates. Why? Because everybody wants to know, am I growing? But let me ask you a question. 
between Candice there on the 7th of, of 2005 to Candice on the 30th of December 20, and there's Candice on the 7th of June, then there's Candice on the 8th of November. Let me ask you a question. On what day did they grow? Tell me the day that Candace went from five foot two to five foot three, or from five foot three to five point five uh, foot four. Five foot four. If I said that right, five foot four. It's, I was trying to go metric, metric, sad metric. I'm going. I haven't got a clue. I still measure height in the old thing. So, with this photo, ask me when did they grow? The answer is. Every day. They never grew on one day. They grew on every day. All growth is a process and God wants us to grow every day. He wants you to grow in the easy days and the difficult ones. He wants you to grow in the days when everyone's celebrating you and grow in the days when no one wants to know you. He wants you to grow in the days where it feels like everything you touch turns to gold. But he also wants you to grow in the days when everything you touch turns to something else. Let me give you today three keys. Now, I had an actually entirely different message. But yesterday morning at 3 a.m., I woke up thinking about something. And I'm thinking about it and I'm going, I'm thinking about this message and I felt probably about every 10 minutes I would turn the light on and write it down a little bit more. Write a little bit more. And so that's what you're getting. This is hot off the press. And to be really honest, I don't think God gave it for me just to preach. Because I tell you what, in the last 48 hours, every single day and every season of it and every moment of it, going, no, Jeff, do this. Change your posture. Shift your perspective. Take hold of the promise. Number one is change your posture. A lot of you will know the story of the men of Israel, when they faced Goliath, that champion of the Philistines. And the Bible tells us that every single one of them fled from Goliath. They all ran, but watch what David does in 1 Samuel 17, verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. What an entirely different posture. The men of Israel, they cower. They run away, they want to hide. That's their posture. David's posture is, I'm ready to go to battle. See, your posture, the way that you are positioning yourself, I'm not talking about your physical posture, but the posture of your heart matters incredibly. Elijah, the great prophet of God, when he, after his amazing victory, and then Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your life. And we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. He gets up and runs into the wilderness and then he isolates himself and even sits under a tree that's all alone. And then he goes from the tree all alone to even worse, he goes to the darkest place he can find and hides in a cave. Listen to me, because if you are in a dark place, the Holy Spirit has got something to say to you right now. If you're in a dark place going, you know what, it's too hard. It's taken too long. Uh, You know, I'm overwhelmed. If you're in a place where the darkness lets you hide and you don't have to face what's out there, then the Lord's got something to say to you. Because while Elijah is hiding in a cave, God comes along in 1 Kings 19 and verse 11 and says this, Go 
out. Go out and stand. This man whose entire posture is one of quitting, one of despair, one of I can't, one of it's too much, one of I just want to be left alone. And God says, go out and stand before me. And God shifts his posture. Listen, before he does anything else, God says, change your posture. Change your posture. And so I don't know what that means for every single person here, but I know for me, sometimes it means stop dwelling on the negative. Stop responding out of your emotion and your hurt or your disappointment and start getting a different posture in this situation. Go out and stand before me. Whatever it is that you are facing today, let me ask you, what's your posture like? Are you ready? Are you keen? And you go, Jeff, it's not like that. I can't. I go, oh, yes, you can. This man full of despair obeyed the Lord and said, I'm going to go out and stand. And sometimes all you can say is, God, I'm going to do what you want. I'm going to get up and go out of here. I remember being in a flat when I was a single young man. I just left my job to go and work for this church and my family thought I'd lost my mind, literally. I thought I'd gone crazy. I had people saying to me, you know, people have gone insane going to churches like that. And, and there I am, I've quit my job, I've left the people that I was uh, boarding with and now I'm in a flat in a weird part of town where uh, there was, you know, dope music coming out of the house next door. Gigantic cockroaches this big, literally, they were huge. They were like they'd come off an aircraft carrier. And there I am, all alone, heating up my, you know, what's that horrible stuff? It comes in a can. It's like, it's, no, it's not spam or campfire. It's like sausages, but you know that, you know that thing? Yeah, Irish stew thing. And I'm heating that up in my saucepan. You know, I'm on my little stove and just me and the cockroaches. And quite frankly, I had to get rid of them so I could even get into it. And uh, there am I and feeling all alone. And, and yeah, I know, cue sad music. And in the middle of all of that, I, I heard that scripture where it says, he's given me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, right at that moment, the last thing I felt like doing was praising. Surrounded by dope head music, flying cockroaches that could carry you away. And an Irish stew in a saucepan with no plate. And no colour. No, no, I hate colour. And you know what I did? Because the Bible says I've given you the garment of praise. I walked around my little flat with my hands in the air, a change of posture. And I began to literally hit the walls. I don't know what the people on either side thought. I didn't really care. I began to, I went through that entire flat and I hit every wall shouting out, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Wow. Something changed for me in that moment because I shifted my posture. Here's the second thing. Shift your perspective. The men of Israel, they looked at Goliath and they thought he was too big to hit. David looked at him and said, ah, he's too big to miss. They compared the size of the problem to themselves and they said, who are we? We're nothing. 
David looked at Goliath and compared him to the size of his God. And that made all the difference. God shifts Elijah's perspective in 1 Kings 19. Go and read it later. Where Elijah goes, oh, I'm the only one. And God goes, don't be silly. He says, I've got 7,000. I've got 7,000 faithful people. You just can't see them because you're too busy looking at you. Isn't that right? Here's the third thing. Take hold of the promise of God. You know, David never fought Goliath with a sling. I know that's what everyone tells you. He certainly had a sling and he certainly had five stones. Why? Because Goliath had three brothers and an uncle. Five in all. And he's, he's really saying, you know what? I'm going to not only get you, I'm going to get the others. If they turn up to back you up, they're done too. But if you read this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47, this is, was David's secret weapon. This is his superpower. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues His people, but not with sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle and He will give you to us. That's His secret source. Elijah, when he comes out and changes his posture and God shifts his perspective, he goes out of there with a promise. He says, go and anoint Hazel to be king of, uh, over Samaria and, and go and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Mahola to be prophet in your place. He actually declares him because it's not an instant moment. It's a 13 or, or so year journey of this. He's actually saying to him, you've got a future. So if you want to grow, and I'm sure you do. You've got to change your posture. You've got to shift your perspective. And then you've got to take hold of the promises of God. Listen to me this morning, because I felt when I was praying about this uh, message that there were people here and, you know, you've got a dream and you've got something that God put in your heart and you know it's from God, or at least you're pretty sure it is. But you know, right now it looks like it's never going to happen. It looks like it's so far away. It looks like it's getting dimmer into the distance. You can see it in the rear vision mirror, but you can't see it in the one up ahead. And you know, God wants you to hear something today of His promise that whatever seed He puts in your life, He put it there for a reason. And the reason is Mark's Gospel chapter four, that the seed goes on and then comes the blade. Then comes the head. Then after that, the full grain. Then after that comes the harvest. We heard this morning about Transform Cambodia and I hope you'll take a lesson out of it. That what began as a seed in a conversation over lunch, now 10,000 people every week are impacted by something that started as, come on, something that started as a seed. So I don't know what seed you've got still in the packet. I don't know what seed you've got that's still sitting on the shelf. But I do know this, that if you get that seat, change your posture, get up from the place of wondering and doubting and conflicting and all those other things that get up there and say, God, I'm going to plant a seed. God, I'm going to shift my perspective. I'm going to take a hold of your promise, God, because I believe you're going to bring it to pass. There's many of you today that are saying, God, one day, yeah, for sure. But not right now. God, right now I'm busy. God, right now I'm not well. God, right now it's too hard. God, right now I don't have enough money. God, right now I don't. And God's saying, come on, do you want to grow? If you want to grow, let's move forward in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your 
lack of a pause button. I thank you, God, because, Lord, we so often we think divine pausing has taken place, that you've made this happen. But God, some of your best growth happens in the unseen realm, not in the seen realm. Some of our most important days are the days when no one's noticing but us. So God, I pray for people here that have had vision and have had dream and people online that have had vision, they've had dream. They've always wanted, Lord, to do something. They've always felt like that thing, but people talked them out of it or they said it was it really wasn't that important. But God, if it was important enough for you to give us the seed, it's important enough for us to plant it and to nurture it, to see it come to harvest in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for beginnings, for new, fresh starts for so many people in this service today, in Jesus' name. If you're a part of this service and you say, Jeff, I need a fresh start. The greatest start I know is what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 speaks about. It says, if anyone's in Christ, they become a new creature. Old things are passed away and everything becomes new. In other words, God gives you a new start. We live in a world that wants to talk about religion and Jesus is not about religion. He's about the supernatural of God coming into your life and changing you. He's about giving you that new beginning. He's about saying, come on on the journey with me. We're going to start something today. How do you start? Well, here in this place, we say you start by saying yes. Just yes. Jesus, I'm saying yes to your future for me. Jesus, I'm saying yes to what you want for me. Jesus, I'm saying yes to walking with you. And when you do that, something supernatural happens and the journey begins. It becomes like Mark 4. A seed gets planted. The harvest is there, but it all started with the seed. It'll start with your yes. If you want to say yes to Christ, oh, I'd love you to. It starts in your heart, but we would love to be a part of helping what you're doing right now become greater. Text us your yes if you're in Australia. 0488-826-392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au just with yes, why yes. Someone from our team, they're here this morning. They would love to get your yes. And then they'll start sending you a Bible verse different every day, a prayer different every day. And that'll help you on this journey from going from seed to blade to head to harvest in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for those people. Thank you for the ones that are saying yes, the ones that are saying yes right now in the building, the ones that are saying yes online right now, the ones, Lord, that are saying yes during the week as they are a part of this service at some other time. Thank you for them. Thank you for their yes, Lord. I won't know their name, but you will. I won't know their circumstance, but you do. And you're going to come into their life and begin something great in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I just think God is good. and I don't know about the rest of you here, but I just want to grow. And you know, when challenges come, 
I tell you, you know, I'm no different than anyone else. I haven't got it all worked out. I haven't got it all wrapped up. So I've been saying to myself, Jeff, change your posture. This morning, before we came to service, Jeff, change your posture. Because there's things that sometimes you're dealing with that you go, I'm not sure how to fix that. Not sure how to change that. I do know this, that if I want to grow through it, change my posture. Shift your perspective. And then take hold of the promises of God. Amen. Come on, let's stand. We're going to worship the Lord together in Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of uh, this service this morning. Pray that God is speaking to you, helping you, ministering to you. Big shout out to Tendai and Fungi up there in Kananara. God bless you. Great to have you with us. Allie up there. I was told last week that Allie counts how many times I mentioned it in the service. So Allie, that's number two. And Allie, I hope the jungle's going great up there. Papua New Guinea, number three. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you.